Welcome to Raiders on the Record, the podcast featuring Hastings High School Athletics. I'm Athletic Director Trent Hansen. My colleague Tim Hanneberg and I work together to bring you the stories of Raiders sports. We are thrilled to share conversations with the athletes, coaches, and alumni that represent Raider Nation. Check back weekly and be sure to share this podcast with your friends in the Raiders Network. Jason Gergen is a 1992 Hastings High School graduate. While competing in alpine skiing as a high school athlete, Jason was a two-time state individual qualifier and was part of two teams to qualify for the state tournament. These teams took second in 1991 and third in 1992. In 1995, Jason became an assistant coach for the alpine ski team and then rejoined the coaching staff again in 2019 as an assistant coach. In 2020, he took over as the head coach of the Alpine Ski Team and has been the head coach for the past two seasons. So here we are with Jason Gergen, alumni and current coach for the Hastings Raiders. Jason, we start off with a couple questions to get to know you here before we dive into your sports career and in your life career as well. So go back, tell us a little bit about your family growing up brother, sisters, moms, da- mom, dad, uh, extended family, things of that nature. If you always grew up in Hastings, kind of walk us through uh, you growing up. Sure. So I, uh, I grew up on a farm south of town. Uh, the family is still out there. My, my mom and father are, are, are recently retired, uh, but still living on the farm. I have a sister who is in Egan, who is also a Hastings alum. Uh, and so she, uh, she has a family with, with two kids, a, a, I have a niece and a nephew. And um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, your typical, typical rural childhood growing up. Uh, we had a uh, dairy cattle, we had beef cattle, uh, just long days in the fields and, and uh, you know, really a lot of hard work, but it's, it's probably uh, paid off in the, in the long run for me, knowing, <laughs> knowing how much harder life can be for, for some people uh, that have to face those kind of daily tasks for sure thinking back growing up to what do you remember as your earliest sports memory and this could be a sports moment or it could just be playing catch with your dad in the backyard so what do you think your earliest sports uh, memory is you know i i kind of i recall um and i don't remember the era this was this was probably late 70s watching uh, specifically twins games during the summer and I remember watching, uh, you know, some of the players, and I, I'm trying to remember who, who would, would, would have been, but um, basically watching part of the game and then going outside. And, and again, I, at the time, I don't even know if I had a baseball, but finding something and, and going through the motions of throwing a ball against a wall or throwing a rock out into the field or, or you know, something, just trying to kind of mimic the, the motions and the actions that you see. And, and same thing, I would draw out a little diamond in the driveway and, and you know, pick up a stick and, and hit a rock and then run around, run the bases like they did. And that's kind of my earliest sports memories that, that really come to mind. Nice. What about a job? I'm sure you were working on the farm at, a, at an early age. And I know we had a couple of alumni talking about detasseling and, and I can only imagine how brutal <laughs> that can be. And rock picking and the different things that are on a farm and bailing hay but what do you think what was your first job obviously like i said it's probably something on the farm but maybe your first job that you're you uh, remember getting paid for 
Yeah. Well, and like you said, I, I did grow up. I did a lot of work on the farm. Um, I, I vaguely recall, but I've heard stories from neighbors that I was probably four years old and my dad would set me on the tractor and send me out in the field. And, and, you know, I don't know that I could have stopped it if I had to, or, or, you know, probably wasn't the safest, uh, safest thing, but that's what we did back then. And I do recall seeing kids in school buses in the summer, roll up to the fields to do detasseling. And um, I, I can honestly say I didn't envy them because that looked like just, you know, painful and brutal and a lot of, a lot of uh, hot days. Uh, my first probably job off the farm that I remember was uh, Little Oscar's restaurant in Hampton, Minnesota. And I'm sure I know there's Hastings alum that, uh, that I've worked with out there. And, and so my first job there was washing dishes and uh, peeling potatoes and doing all sorts of kitchen stuff back, uh, back then. Awesome. Last one, then get a little background info on you. Three of your favorite things, and you could pick any of these uh, for your favorite ones. So your favorite movie, food, artist, author, time of the year. So maybe just pick three of those and, and your favorite one and a couple of them. Sure. Uh, favorite food besides Chipotle would probably be sushi. Uh, favorite time of year, you know, I, um, I would have to say, you know, obviously winter uh, ski season would be, would be one of them, but then also those uh those kind of two or three weeks in the fall when you get the colors just starting to change uh the humidity just kind of goes away for the season but the temperature is still pretty decent uh it's just it's kind of the best time of the year to get out and play some golf and and really kind of prepare yourself for winter um movie you know i kind of grew up in the 80s um so there are so many kind of cheesy 80 movies that i remember from from back in the day um caddyshack was is probably one that comes to mind mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's a movie i can watch over and over and over and still kind of appreciate the cast that they were able to pull together for that movie even uh you know 30 40 years later and i mean it's still awesome today too you know for being 30 years old or so you know that's still a classic movie that's awesome all right moving on so we've talked about mainly this is a sports podcast too so we kind of talked about you growing up and, and your earliest sports memory. Walk us through the sports you played growing up all the way to about sixth grade. Let's stop at sixth grade. So all the sports and, and how you got into them. And then a little bit of maybe some successes that you had growing up as well. Sure. Uh, Little League Baseball, uh, you know, again, Vermilion, Nutrier, Meesville, everybody, Hampton, everybody had a team or two. Uh, that was something that I think, you know, second grade somewhere in there. Uh, I was also, we were uh, part of a 4-H club. And so again, a lot of it, you know, people kind of relate 4-H experiences to bringing animals and projects to the, to the county fair, but it was also a lot of, uh, there were a lot of sporting events that would, that would go alongside with that. So we would have softball tournaments, uh, you know, volleyball tournaments, uh, you know, just all sorts of different athletic events that we would participate there as well. So um, I do remember doing some flag youth football. Uh, I vaguely remember trying hockey for probably a season or two, but if, you know, what I recall was being four or five or six years old and getting there and just doing drills, just doing skating drills and skating drills. And <laughs> I don't, I think I lost interest pretty in a, you know, pretty early on when they weren't giving us sticks and pucks and 
letting us shoot at the net and just you know i i kind of i'm like okay I, this the skating forward and backward and doing laps just wasn't sort of my thing so that that fell out of favor in a hurry but um you know really i know our our little league team we did win you know whatever the southern dakota county championship one year uh, i recall that i recall uh you know having some success there we won some softball tournaments when i was in 4-h so you know really it was just a lot of the local community sort of uh, sort of sports uh that just went along with organizations i was uh, was a part of nice so then seventh and eighth grade maybe in that start of middle school that's when a lot of people get a little more serious about sports. So then walk us through seventh and eighth grade and then transition a little bit to eight, uh, to high school as well. Talk about the sports you played, any successes you had at early level. A lot of times with maybe the sports that you played Alpine, a lot of times we have early success and, and kids jump on at, at an early level to the varsity and JV. So walk us through the sports that you started getting more interested in in about seventh and eighth grade and then kind of slowly transition to high school as well. Yeah, so going into middle school, I was, you know, kind of the, the typical, I went out for football. Um, and, and again, it was, you know, I, I think every kid has this vision of being maybe, you know, at least maybe in my case of being faster or, or, you know, better, more accurate with my throwing than ever. So what, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, <laughs> it's a little disheartening when you you know, you, you kind of get set aside. When you first get involved and they, they split the teams up and you're like, okay, you're an offensive lineman. And it just, for some odd reason, I'm like, okay, really? And, uh, you know, so I stuck with it for a while, but I, you know, I had a knee injury and, and quite frankly, I was, you know, again, uh, I was getting run over by defensive linemen and just wasn't enjoying it a whole lot. Uh, quite frankly, I'd also, I'd spent all summer working to buy a season pass for the ski area. And so when I kind of, you know, I dinged my knee pretty good and was having a hard time walking for a couple of weeks, um, it kind of hit me. It's like, okay, wait, I waited. I worked all summer for this. Um, I don't think I want to risk further injury. So that was kind of the end of my football playing career. Uh, I also played baseball. We got up to, I think it was, you know, Babe Ruth sort of league time, uh, middle school, sixth grade and so forth. And I enjoyed baseball, but the last summer I played it, I think I went over a million. Uh, I literally, I think I hit, I, you know, I think I maybe hit two foul balls. Uh, needless to say, I got into middle school and within a week or so uh, was prescribed glasses. So it was, uh, you know, my, my baseball career, I kind of, again, that came to an end, but that may have continued had I actually been able to see the ball that I was trying to hit. It's like wild thing from major league. Yeah, was exactly. you had it, probably based yeah. off of you. Yep, it was. I was swinging it. I, I mean, I was. I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn because I just couldn't see anything coming at me. Um, you know, and the other. Th so really, the other thing that happened was, I think it was sixth or seventh grade, somewhere in middle school. We took a class field trip to. I think it must have been Afton Alps or somewhere to go skiing. And so prior to that, and I'd heard from from relatives of mine or older classmen that, you know, yeah, when you get to middle school, you take a skiing trip. I'd never been skiing before, so I think it was fifth grade. Uh, I made a point, uh, my cousin and I and a few neighbor kids, and we went to Welch and took skiing lessons. And, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to embarrass myself on that field trip when we go out to, to go skiing. So I want to at least have a foundation before I get there. And that was kind of how I got introduced to the downhill skiing. And it was just, uh, it was instant. Uh, I just fell in love with it the first night. Um, it was just, um, 
I, I can't really put my finger on it. I think part of it was just, you know, some of the speed and the adrenaline and, and just being able to do a flying down this hill with two sticks on your feet. But uh, that really just kind of sealed the deal for me. Awesome. And then let's start in about ninth grade, then uh, continuing with Alpine and any other sports that you played and, and walking through every year, thinking about the success you had as individual and then any team success as well. Yeah. So I going into high school uh, by now, I, I just, I'd skied, uh, you know, probably seventh and eighth grade. Uh, I was at the ski area just, you know, four or five, six days a week. Um, summer sports, I still played, you know, I, I was, so I kind of got into golf. Um, and actually in middle school, we had a golf club and we would play, I think we went to Bellwood Oaks a couple times a week and, and, uh, you know, I was, I was pretty good at golf, but <laughs> people always ask me, they say, well, why didn't you, you know, did you stick with golf or, or whatnot? And, uh, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but it was, so it was a pre Tiger Woods era and golf was not considered the most, um, uh, you know, athletic sport, um, you know, masculine sport, whatever you want to label it. It was, it wasn't the cool sport. So I tell people through high school, I was before Tiger Woods, I was kind of a closet golfer. Um, I would play, but I wouldn't really advertise it. Um, but, but again, I'd spend my summers doing that. I also did uh, just, you know, some motorcycle riding, dirt bikes, you know, again, growing up in the country uh, on a farm, you just, you had four wheelers and motorcycles and, and things like that. So that, that kind of occupied my, my time, but really it was focused around skiing in the winter. Um, so I went out for the team. I think it was uh, 89 was my first year as a freshman. And it was uh, the year after they had won the state meet. So the boys had won the state meet. Uh, the following year, we had a huge crop of freshmen and eighth graders and so forth come out for the team. Uh, so much so that they actually had to make a cut uh, just to for busing capacity. And so I was, I was, yeah, I was so nervous the first week. I'm like, okay, I just, I can't get cut. I've got to make sure, I, you know, part of this team and and, uh, you know, managed to get through that. And, uh, you know, and again, I, I kind of knew I was a good skier, but I didn't know if I was going to be a decent racer or not. And uh, turned out to be not too bad. Uh, my high school career, I, uh, my very first race of my freshman year, I skied JV and won the JV race and I got moved up to varsity and stayed there the rest of the, the, rest of the time. Uh, I did ski on uh, all four of the section teams and uh, qualified for the state meet with the team and individually twice uh, my junior and senior year. Um, Team-wise, we finished second one year, we finished third another, and individually, I <laughs> so you know back then we had a team race in the morning and we had an individual competition in the afternoon. And, and both years, my coaches, my coach would, would pull me aside and say, you know, this, this afternoon individual race, is, it's, it's your own. Uh, do whatever you want with it. And, um, you know, my junior year probably would have been the year to hold back a little and just try to, you know, make all state and get a good result. But, um, you know, I kind of had the, you know, I was going to, I was going to win or I was going to blow up trying and, and uh, blew up. And then my senior year, uh, again, I knew if I, if I had a couple of really good runs, I'd have a chance at, you know, at winning and, and again, but it just, it didn't work out. And, uh, but again, I, I, I have no regrets on trying to, trying to achieve it. And um, otherwise, yeah, we had, you know, like I said, we had a lot of success. Uh, the teams that I were on, we won the Welch Invitational, which at the time was the 
the largest high school race in the country. That was some 40 some teams and 400 and some racers. So uh, we did, we had some success and, and really just a lot of fun with, uh, you know, with team members and coaches and a lot of good memories. Cool. The next two things are a little similar, but if you could break them up, that'd be great. So thinking back then about your high school career, what was your favorite moment and what was your most memorable moment from high school athletics? Sure. Um, you know, one of, one of my most memorable was, um, was probably, and I don't recall the year and hopefully maybe somebody who, who listens to the podcast will say, I remember that. Uh, there was a group of from Hastings that I, I want to say there was a dozen of us that took, um, that went to Mount Hood. They have a summer ski camp uh, just outside Portland on Mount Hood, which is a, uh, they have a glacier. So they're open for skiing uh, through the, through Labor Day. And so there was a, a group of us from Hastings, uh, some of high school racers, some club racers, uh, but we went out there for, uh, for the ski camp. And I just, you know, it was the funnest time because we had this group of a dozen kids from Hastings and we all knew each other. And, and even though we didn't necessarily all race together on the, on the team, um, it was just great to getting to know all of them and, and just, you know, in this camp atmosphere. And, and so we would ski in the morning uh, we do the camp would have activities, mountain biking, uh, rock climbing, kayaking, whitewater rafting uh, during the afternoons. And it was just, you know, it was the funnest part of the, you know, the funnest two week vacation you could have as a, you know, as a high school student. So that was definitely one of the funnest. Um, otherwise, I would say just, again, just being able to compete uh, in the high school league at, at some of the highest levels, um, you know, the state meets just kind of I don't know how, how to put it exactly but but just knowing that okay um, you know four years of hard work um, all the, the all the training during season and off season and and just every little detail um, you know that sense of satisfaction you get when you you know even if I'm not going to win just getting to the state meet and being able to compete against you know some of the best kids was probably one of my favorite moments Nice. Of, of high school. Yeah. So looking back to think about a coach that really had a huge influence on you. Who do you think that would be? What kind of lessons did they teach you and anything that you're applying now uh, as a coach as well? For sure. Uh, so we had one, we, uh, a couple of assistants, but Bob Oliva was the head Alpine coach at Hastings for a number of years before I got there. He was with the team when they won the state meet in 88 or 87, whatever year that was. Uh, he was there a few years after I was, um, and and he's still, he's still out skiing and 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 coaching, and and he's just an amazing. He is uh, he's the Energizer Bunny. Um, when I would uh, would work at the ski area after I graduated, I would see him out at at five thirty or six in the morning before the sun was up. He'd be out cross country skiing before he went to work, and um, you know what I what I really remember from his coaching was. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say it was so much technical was he was a big proponent of just hard work. Just, he had a, a thing about him and, and I, and I kind of use some of my, and I don't remember the exact quote, but um, you know, he used to tell us that it would take, and I, he threw out a number and I don't know if it was accurate or not 10,000 or a hundred thousand repetitions before something became muscle memory. So his thing, his big thing was just ski, 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 make as many laps as you could, 
uh, just practice as many hours as you could. And, you know, really with just hard work would get you so, you know, would just outwork your opponent sort of attitude. Um, and so that is something that I, I try to incorporate into my coaching nowadays because it's something that I've seen, you know, in, in the few years now that I've been back coaching, when you get to the highest levels, when you get to the state meet or the section race, the kids that, um, that put in the time that are skiing, you know, again, not just three nights a week at high school practice, but they're skiing on their own or they're skiing with clubs or whatnot. Um, just the, you know, because when you get under that pressure, uh, being able to rely on what, you know, your experience and being able to just know that, you know, again, you're not thinking about technique. You're just, you're just reacting. You're doing what, what you've trained your body to do. So I kind of, you know, again, Bob was just, it was a work hard kind of guy. And I'm, I'm trying to bring that to my program these days. No, that's great. So we talked a, lo- a little bit about it. Maybe talk about your current coaching position, how long you've been there. And yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Current, current coaching position, how long you've been there. Yeah. So this is my second year as the head coach at the Alpine ski team, which is a boys and girls uh, where we go seventh through 12th grade. And uh, yeah, I was an assistant uh, three years ago. Uh, the, the then head coach, Jim Piney, uh, had been at it for, I think, 13 or 14 seasons. And his kids had all gone through the program and graduated. And, and it was, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of went the year I was an assistant for him. Uh, again, I kind of got, I took some time away from the sport and kind of got back into it five or six years ago. And, and partly because I wanted to teach my niece and nephew, it's the sport in itself is, I still have a love for it because um, it's, it's a lifelong activity. And it's something that, you know, they can do as a family. And, and really, even right now, my sister's family, for them, Sunday afternoons, they're at the ski area and they're skiing as a family. And it's, uh, you know, to me, it's just, it's such a, a treat to be able to spend time doing something a- active like that with, you know, again, with gener- across generations. Uh, so that kind of got me back into it. And, and again, I'm, I'm of the, you know, so when I, kind of checked in to see how the ski team was doing. And I'd known Jim for 20 some years. We used to work at Welch together. Uh, Suzanne Liebeg was the assistant coach a few years ago when I ran into her and she was actually, uh, her first year as an assistant was a year that I helped out way back in, uh, let's just say it was a while ago. So I was a little surprised to see Suzanne still out there and she remembered me and we had a laugh about it. Uh, But um, yeah, so it's my second year. Last year, I didn't want to, I kind of wanted to see how the program, uh, I didn't want to make any drastic changes to the program because I, I just, you know, kind of been an assistant for a year and took over the head coach. And then this year we, everybody's made drastic changes because of, uh, because of COVID and, and trying to adjust to that. So it's been a, it's been a, you know, kind of a quick learning curve, but uh, you know, I, the challenge has been phenomenal. Awesome. You answered it a little bit, but maybe talk a little bit more about why you, you coach and, and why you choose to coach at Hastings. And you, you hit on this one a little bit too, a lot of the character skills that your head coach taught you um, as an athlete and you're trying to instill in your athletes as well. So just go through a little bit about why you coach and why you chose to come back to Hastings, your, your alma mater to coach Alpine skiing and, and then the character traits that you try to hit most as a coach. 
Yeah, I, um, you know, like I said, I kind of ran across, um, you know, Jim and Suzanne out on the hill one night and, and really had no intentions of coaching. But, uh, you know, that we just had a quick conversation on the hill and that led to another conversation. And, and I think part of the reason I, I started coaching was I realized that most of the kids uh, on the team at that time and the younger kids were, uh, you know, so many of their parents were graduates you know, I, our, our first team event uh, that the parents were at the, the banquet uh, kind of looked like a class reunion for myself. And so it was just, it was kind of exciting to see some of my friends from high school and their kids and, and having the opportunity to, um, you know, to coach them was, was something, you know, something I just couldn't pass up. It's, uh, <clears throat> I, I, you know, when Trent asked me when we were first talking about me becoming the head coach and he kind of you know, he throws that question at you. Why, why are you here, man? Why do you want to do this? And, and really for me, it was, um, you know, I think back to high school, everybody has different, uh, you know, different memories and different experiences. And, and for me, skiing was just, um, you know, my, my favorite memory of, of high school. Um, and I, I think for me, if I can help some of these kids Again, just have some some great memories of high school um, through athletics. <clears throat> and the other thing I think that once I kind of got into coaching that I'm trying to instill with them is is there's times even today when I, I think back, you know, when you when you get into a pressure situation or, uh, you know, an uncomfortable situation, if you can draw on your experiences from the past, whether it was hey, that time when the team counted on me for you know, to get down the hill in one piece or the, the time I had to, you know, stand up in front of the team and give a speech or whatever it may be, you know, all those little experiences that you have, uh, you know, through your life, you can count on uh, and draw on through, you know, again, through, you know, now through my middle forties. And, and uh, you know, again, I, I think anything I can help to instill that sort of confidence and in kids nowadays is, is just gives them a leg up over, you know, over their peers for sure so a question that we asked earlier about your favorite memory and the most rewarding thing as an athlete think about the same thing as a coach now so what do you think has been your favorite memory so far as a coach and maybe the most rewarding thing so far as a coach yeah you know i've, I've um you know so my second year i would say um you know i don't it's kind of one of those i i'm hoping that I'm at this for a while and I'm hoping um, my, I guess what will become hopefully my favorite memory is, is, you know, seeing some, somebody who uh, an alumni maybe in 10 years from now will find me out on the hill and, and just be able to share a story that something we did as a team, um, you know, again, just help them succeed even a little bit at something, uh, you know, whether it's confidence or whether it's work ethic or, um, again, just being a part of the team and, and kind of learning how to learning how to be part of a team. Um, you know, that would be a, so I, I, I hate to say it, but I hopefully I haven't experienced my favorite memory. Um, one thing that's been rewarding, though, is, again, just seeing kids make progress. And so, you know, and whatever their goal is or whatever they're trying to achieve, just seeing their faces when they make, they have an aha moment, or maybe it's even, you know, it's a culmination where they start the season at one point and 
somewhere in the middle of the season that it kind of hits them that, hey, I have, I've mastered this or I've gotten faster at this. And just seeing, again, it, 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 the belief that they have that, okay, if I work hard, if I put my mind to it, that I can achieve these things, um, you know, that's probably the most rewarding part of coaching. I know you had an awesome story this year from one of your JV athletes who had a, I'll let you tell the story, but I know what you're saying too about earning that, learning that confidence, you know, and, and I think that's what sports does so well for us. We, we get that confidence in sports and, and then hopefully we're able to apply it in all areas of our life. But if you want to just talk about that, that story too, about your, your JV athlete this year, and, and I think it ties perfectly in, in these questions, you know, the most rewarding thing and what success means to you and, and your favorite parts of, of coaching. This story is just one of those things that kind of culminates all those together. Yeah. So, you know, in Alpine, it's, it's kind of, we're a unique sport that, um, you know, I, I guess it's when you get to a high school level or even middle school level, it's, it's something where I don't think if you've never played football or if you have no idea, you know, you probably don't go out for it. or baseball. If you've never played baseball, you probably don't try to start at a middle school level or high school level. Um, with Alpine really for us, it's, if you can, get on skis and can get down the hill, but have never raced before, we'll, you know, we accept you and, and we want you to come out and give it a try. Um, we're having instances where kids just, you know, maybe their route for the first year is to go and take, you know, some lessons and so forth. Um, but so we've had kids in the past all that, you know, just struggle at the very beginning because they're, again, they're, you know, maybe they've only skied twice in their life and they want to give it a try and we encourage them. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things. So we had a, 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 a eighth grader this year that came off of the team. Um, he had been skiing before, so he wasn't, uh, you know, totally, uh, totally fresh, but, but again, was, um, I'm going to say a novice skier and was comfortable on the green or the easy terrain, but, you know, typically we start the season on intermediate terrain and work our way up to the expert, uh, you know, the black diamonds and so forth. So um, the beginning of the year, he was, um, you know, just, he was happy going down some of the green trails. We gave him some drills to work on some things and we'd check in on him and he'd kind of go off and do his little thing. And we got to the first race and he had, um, you know, he just had a little problem with his equipment. He was, uh, what basically we, we raced down the hill around these poles and he was inspecting the race course before the race. And I know it's, uh, you kind of, I don't, it didn't see exactly what happened, but he fell over and his skis fell off and he couldn't get them back on. And, and so when he came to the bottom, I said, you know, I looked at him, I said, are you okay? Are you ready for this? And he just kind of, he said, you know, I, I'm going to sit this one out and just watch the rest of the kids. I said, okay, you know, no pressure. I, I you know, it's your, uh, you know, first year as an eighth grader. And, um, and so the next, the following, I think it was the following practice. And I was talking to my coaches and again, this is, um, he had gone through a, tried to go through a race course twice and both times just kind of crashed and didn't, didn't make it. But, you know, I told my assistants, I said, you know, if we get him through a race course, I don't care if it's backwards, sideways, just out the, the start through the finish of the season. I said, that will be just to me, that will be an amazing victory. And lo and behold, the second race, uh, you know, I talked to him beforehand and he said, yo, I'm going to give it a try. I uh, came out of the start and he completed the course. Um, legally i mean he went around each side of the correctly the gates and he came to the finish and i looked at my other assistant coaches and we were just in awe i mean where he had started the season and to the point where he had gotten to by now was just was mind-blowing and he had it in his mind he went up and he did the second run 
Um, he has he has made all the races so far this year, and to see the smile on his face when he comes to the finish every time, because it's again for him, it's you know he he started the season not even being able to ride a tricycle, and now he's riding a motorcycle mm-hmm. one handed down the road. I mean, it's it's just it's really cool to see um, how far he's progressed, and, and really again just how um, how much more confident he is that, you know, Hey, I can tackle this. I can do this. That's amazing. So, so looking back to this could either be about your time as a coach or your time as an athlete, any particular, you talked about the Welch meet as well. That was a, always a big one too. So any event or a certain opponent as an athlete or as a coach that really brought the best out of you that you always look forward to competing against. And it was something that you marked on your calendar every single year. Yeah, I think really the, the two things that as a competitor that I remember was we had our our schedule was the same. I think every all four years I was with Hastings where we started the season with a, a race against Stillwater, who was a pretty strong competitor in our in our conference in our section. And so it was always interesting because you would practice and train, but until you know, until we really got under the pressure to see it's kind of one of those you could train so much and practice so much, but until you actually got into the start and, and raced against another team to just kind of see where you were at, um, not only with your own teammates, but again, against the competition. So that was, that was one I would always get pretty geared up for, um, you know, and get excited for because it was, they were a, a good, strong team and, and we had some success about against them. We also, uh, you know, I think they cleaned us up pretty good a couple of years as well, but that was one. Um, and the, yeah, the other one would be the Invitational, and it's still actually this is the first year because of COVID that there has not been a Welch Invitational. I think they were up to forty some years, forty three years consecutively. Um, and again, that was um, one that for me it was uh, it helped that it was just you know it was in our backyard. It was on the hills that we trained on, so I think for. For us, people would always ask that Hastings have an advantage uh, because we trained at Welch and a lot of the big races were at Welch. And, and um, you know, maybe to an extent because we were familiar with the train, but I think more than anything, it was just familiar for us. We could sleep in our own bed. We didn't have to travel and stay in a hotel. And, and you know, I could kind of sleep in and still get down there. And teams from St. Cloud or Alexandria were driving three hours to get there for races. So that was probably a bit of an advantage, but uh, no, really just like I said, the size and scope of this race, I mean, 400, 500 kids. And um, it was just, it was the state fair of ski races. And, and again, to, to win it my senior year was, was, uh, and not just myself, but then um, I believe the Hastings, the boys won the, the meet, the girls also finished very high. And then they have a combined sort of team uh, aspect to it, um, combining both the boys and girls. And I know we won that one year and that was, again, I mean, just it was single biggest race in, in high school skiing in the country. So it was a pretty good feather in, in the cap of Hastings. Right on. I always like hearing people's answer to this next one. So, and we'll break it up in a, two different parts. So knowing what you know, now you've been a coach for multiple years, head coach for two years now, if you could give yourself some advice back when you were in high school, what would that be? And then the second part too, what would the advice be when you first started coaching? So knowing what you know now, 
giving advice to your high school self and yourself when you first started coaching? You know, I think if, <laughs> if I could go back and coach myself, um, I think part of it would be, well, I know it would be, you know, okay. So if I were, if myself, uh, you know, if I were coaching myself, it would be, and this is something that I try to express to the kids nowadays is to not, um, to try something to, to, in other words, if, if, you know, I kind of, the old cliche, I think it was, you know, if, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. So if you're not necessarily getting the results that you're, that you're wanting, um, sometimes you need to change something up. And I think that would be um, something that I would tell myself. I don't know how myself back then would have taken it, but um, you know, again, it would be, okay, if something's not working for you, you know, again, not just a little tweak, but try, try going just completely out of the box different and just see what sort of, you know, if it makes a difference and you can always kind of come back or find the middle afterwards. Um, so that's kind of the coaching advice I'd give to myself as an athlete back then. Um, coaching wise, and again, this is something that I constantly work on probably day in and day out is just it kind of along those lines, if, um, you know, as coaches, we see something, we see the kids doing something, um, there's, there's something that we see that they could be doing different. And really it's, it's finding a way to communicate to them what, you know, putting into words what we see and what we're looking for. And, and so that the kids, um, you know, whether it's technical or, ta or tactical or whatever it is, um, and every kid hears things differently. I mean, we talk about that communication and, and how, um, you know, we may say something, but the other kid, the, the person on the other end is, is hearing, you know, that Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. Uh, so it's, it's, I think the advice I'd give to myself um, coaching, and again, even when I coached back in the, in the mid nineties would be just constantly work on trying to Again, everybody's going to communicate a little bit different, but just try to reach that level where you you know ask a lot of questions, get feedback from your athletes that you know does this make sense? Are you you know is there a different way we can talk about this? So so again, it's easy. I, I, I'm sure a lot of coaches, the kids kind of nod and and you know like okay, I get it, I get it, but you know it's kind of do you really get it or how can we explain it better sort of thing. Great. Last two questions for you, Jason. They're a little similar, but different takes on them as well. So if you could give parents or coaches two pieces of advice from your perspective, your experiences, what would they be and why? Parents, I would say um, really just, I would say as, as much as you can get involved, um, you know, ask your kids, uh, explain to your kids. Uh, and even for parents and, and, you know, if there's any Alpine parents out there, feel free to email your coaches. Um, you know, just information, ask questions, but yeah, kind of, you know, for some, and I, I'd say this carefully, I want to be careful. I would say this because, you know, you do have parents who are maybe too involved and they, you know, why did you run this play and why did, you know, why, why is this? But at the same time, it's nice to see parents that are involved that understand what the kids are doing, um, what their goal is and, and kind of what, um, what they can do to help, whether it's, you know, again, just making sure their equipment is, 
you know, it doesn't have to be the newest, latest, greatest, and they, you know, and so forth, but just making sure that they're, you know, because alpine skiing is one of those, the equipment, A, it's not cheap, and B, it's very specialized, so um, taking the time to understand how, you know, the equipment affects the kids and, and what they can do to make sure it's in the, you know, best operating shape, and then, uh, so really, I would say, yeah, get involved, um, and then from, let's see, advice to coaching, you know, really, to me, it's, it, it's, it is, it's a communication part of it, um, you know, and, and I've had, like I said, uh, um, you know, Bob was a, was a great coach, and he was, he was pretty just blunt and straightforward, and he would, you know, but at the same time, uh, you know, that was, that was good in a lot of ways, because he didn't try to sugarcoat anything, and if you were doing something wrong, he would just, you know, say, this is what I see wrong, this is what I want you to do, um, but I also know that some kids, again, when you're talking about technical aspects of sports, um, you know, the way one coach describes it, another, uh, you know, one student may understand it, another one may not. So I, I think it's one of those I've always been, uh, and even to this day, I want, you know, if my skiers, if they are being coached at the club level or by our assistants or whatever, if they hear things, you know, six different ways, it may be the same thing we're all trying to get them to work on but one or two ways they may understand it better than the other. So I think for coaches, it's try to really, you know, harness that communication between your, yourself and your athletes. Right on. Same kind of question now for student athletes. So two pieces of advice from your perspective, your experiences, you work with them all the time. So something that you are constantly telling your kids now, just two pieces of advice for student athletes. Yeah, I would say number one is is just don't be afraid afraid to try new things. Um, again, you, you don't be afraid to fail. Uh, you know, it may, you know, I mean, within within reason. I mean, I, if it's, uh, you know, if you're a if you're a place kicker on the football team and it's a game winning field goal, I don't think you want to go out there if you're normally right footed and try kicking left footed. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if it's practice and and things aren't going the way you want or you're not getting the outcomes you want, or again, just okay, this is good, but let's try this because it might be, it might be better. You might learn something from it that you can bring back to, to the point you started. So I think one would be just, you know, don't be afraid to think outside of the box uh, and try new things and don't be afraid to fail at them. And then um, I think the other thing that I would tell, uh, you know, again, my athletes is um, there's always, as hard as you work, there's, there's people out there who are willing to work harder. And so, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, expecting, um, you know, these kids to be out there when it's like this past weekend, when it's 30 below and training for six hours, but at the same time, every little bit of practice they can get in every, again, if, if it's a, if it's a Friday or Saturday evening and they're like, Oh, maybe I'll go skiing with my buddies. Oh, maybe I'll just sit and watch TV. Um, again, any skiing is good skiing and, and same thing with other sports, any, any sort of activity where you're working on your balance or you're working on your coordination, you're working on things like that. Um, you know, I, I, there isn't such a thing as I don't think as being, you know, it doesn't have to be focused on your specific sport, but just, again, just getting out and doing something. I think that's important. Oh, that's well said. Well, Jason, that's all the questions I got for you. Last thing is the, the mic is yours. The floor is yours. Anything you would like to talk about, anything I didn't ask you, anything you want to go in more detail about, it's all you. 
Yeah, no, I don't think I've got anything to add. Um, I think what you and Trent are doing, again, just getting this information uh, from alumni, from current athletes, from past athletes, from coaches, um, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, the only other thing I think I, you know, really would add is, is again, just, um, I'm, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that athletics continue to expand and continue to grow and, and kids. And again, you know, for anybody that's out there listening, if you've skied a couple of times or, or whatnot, or, um, you know, it's, it's, um, you don't have to have race experience, come on out and join us. Don't be afraid to try things. You never know. Um, you know, we had a, a senior night the other, the other day. And, um, one of the part of it was we had a, our, our senior just kind of fill out a thing saying where she's going for college next year, what she enjoyed the most. And one piece of advice to give to younger athletes or, or newer athletes on the team. And her advice uh, was, don't be afraid to try something new because you never, you might like it and it might, you know, change your life. So um, I think that would be it. It's just get involved, try, you know, it's a little nervous when you pull up to the first day of practice, you don't know anybody and you're not sure if you know what you're doing, but uh, if you stick with it, man, it's, it's so rewarding. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tim.